That makes a lot of sense that this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the two-second clip for this episode. This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Better Late Than Never. This is a movie podcast, and this is a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, cult favorite, or otherwise culturally significant film that they've never seen before. After they watch the movie, me and my friends will decide if it was better late that they've been missing out by never having seen the film, or never. The movie just didn't live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. And this week, it's Halloween! (laughs) (laughs) The spookiest time of the year, and I'm joined by two friends. I'm joined by Drew. Drew, hello. Hello. Drew was here last week for our installment on the OG 1978 Halloween film, so it's really not that interesting or exciting to see him again. Mm-mm. But we're also joined by Justin. Hello. <gasps> oh, oh my, my God, God it's Justin. Justin! Yes. Calm down, guys. It's fine. It's fine. It's so exciting. It's so amazing. Justin, of course... Famous for having provided the intro music and basically every other form of music for this show, for which we are eternally grateful and eternally in awe. And of course, famous for having been on the most excellent and fun to make The Room episode (laughs) of this podcast. (laughs) Justin, it's been way too long. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You might not be thanking me by the end of this episode, however, because uh, as I was going to say, welcome to Halloween 3, Season of the Witch (laughs) from 1982. Happy Halloween. I don't know anything about this movie, actually. Oh, no? No. You don't know anything about it? I mean, you know, I know things about the Halloween franchise, but this particular one I had never even heard of. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in a second. I just want to lay a little groundwork. So um, this is our Halloween headliner, if you will. We're doing, you know, a few different films for October for the Halloween season. But this is the one that's coming out like right before Halloween. Last week we did Halloween 1. This week we're doing Halloween 3. And uh, I think it's noteworthy that this movie came out in 1982 1982 guys i don't know if you know this considered a really good year for movies 
particularly movies in the like sci-fi and horror genres Mm. i'm just going to mention a few of the films that came out that year that are even just in that kind of genre okay yeah so 1982 conan the barbarian Hmm. poltergeist Oh. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Wow. E.T. Yeah. Blade yeah. Runner. The Thing. Whoa. Tron. And let's just keep it going with ordinary movies. The Secret of Nim. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Gandhi. The Verdict. And taking it back to horror, Friday the 13th, Part 3. The one that actually introduces Jason with the hockey mask. Whoa. <laughs> huh. That is a lot. Yeah, it's a good good year for film, right? So Halloween 3. And of course, Halloween 3 coming in the footsteps of the excellent original Halloween, despite what you had to say about it, Drew. <laughs> well, a lot I, to live I, up I to. have some yeah, I have some I have some additions to my thoughts from last episode if we want to go there at some point okay well but before we do justin i just want to ask you uh you a fan of horror yeah yeah i do i'm like a lifelong fan of horror uh i like horror movies that are like psychologically disturbing that give you that like body shivering like oh no that's so wrong kind of feeling like not so much the jump scares because i find those to be on the cheaper end of the uh, you know, a, like a react reaction spectrum. Sure, I think a movie that can like create a scenario that is disturbing can give you a kind of a profound reaction. So you're more like a fan of like the martyrs of the world. What do you mean by that? Oh, have you not seen that one? I haven't either. Mar- the martyrs is like that's. Uh, the, or is the movie there's called a movie Martyr? called Martyrs. That, um, well, it's psychologically disturbing. Like, I remember watching The Exorcist. My mom let me watch it when I was maybe 13, 12 or 13, and, um, which is pretty wild in, in hindsight. Um, and I really loved it, even as a kid. I was like, I like the, I like the fact that this makes me feel scared in real life, too. <laughs> yeah. No. And it, I mean, in terms of like more contemporary like horror films, you know, I think Hereditary was really great. Midsummer, I think uh, It Follows. I think mm-hmm. there's been some really great horror movies in the in the last few years too. Oh hell yeah, I loved It Follows. Yeah, so yeah. good. Dave and I saw that in uh, theaters together, didn't we? At at uh, Coolidge Corner, I have no memory of we who I that. saw it with because my hands were clamped pretty firmly over my face, basically the entire time I was watching that movie. <laughs> I think we saw it together. What I remember most is going home that night, and I happened to have the house to myself, and I, I was in bed, had all the lights off, and I had that feeling from you know when I was. You know, a kid having seen a horror movie or heard a scary story where I was like actually afraid that there was something in the dark and I couldn't sleep. Yeah. You know. Well, maybe you'll get that from this movie, too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I've also always loved vampire movies, even though this is not a vampire movie. I feel like in the horror genre, I've had 
I feel like I've always thought vampire movies were really uh, erotic. Oh, vampires are mm. cool as shit. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Very sexy. Yeah. Sexy vampires. Mm. Um, well, uh, Justin, are you familiar with the Halloween franchise? Yeah. Like, I've definitely seen some of the Halloween movies. And I think there was a time... Um, Actually, this is funny because, you know, we we all went to high school together. And I think the first year that I was there was the first year that I lived in, in the, the U.S. And uh, I was handing out candy at Halloween and I was dressed up as like kind of a Michael Myers type character. Mm. And I... I just have this memory of like these kids that were a little bit old to be trick-or-treating coming to the door and they were like, who are you supposed to be? And I was like, I'm Mike Myers' brother. And they were like, just give us the fucking candy. <laughs> and I was like, I guess I'm in America now, bitch. Oh, man. So I was clearly aware of the character. I've, I remember watching the first one. and then, But then I feel like I watched like the 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 like h2o i don't know there was one that was like halloween h2o yes yep uh and i think that was it i think i've only watched those two a okay. long time ago do you have a favorite um slasher just out of curiosity i don't i don't know maybe halloween would be like my favorite my favorite slasher or scream maybe or but uh, like of the um of the ones doing it like the actual like the oh, like the killers as in like yeah. you know is it i guess um yeah i i is does the guy from scream count cuz it's like multiple people spoiler alert totally yeah ghost scream, face ghost face scream face yeah yeah, yeah totally. he counts cool cool all right well um before i launch into more drew you you mentioned having some some notes you you have, yeah. you have a few things you want to get off your chest? Well, yeah. I mean a couple of things. Um I'm going to I'm going to add some notes to uh to my assessment from last time around. Is it an apology? But before I do, uh it is it is a semi apology. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. It is a semi apology. <laughs> so uh before I do that, I just wanna note that uh you know Today is a perfect day for this. I just want to say, you know, that this this whole season kicking off with uh, Halloween and uh, and the horror genre. I woke up this morning and it was very foggy out in the kind of high 50s to low 60 degrees. And, uh, you know, I did spend some time on the road today and the foliage is starting to be beautiful up here. It's just, it's just, it's the season is right. And it, it's just, a, it's a beautiful time of year here in New England. And this is a really perfect activity for it as well. So I just want to, you know, say that I, I, I hope the listener can appreciate the, the, you know, the, the, the unique vibe around around this and how the table is set this is um, awesome for us listener i just hope you hope it comes across <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hope you feel a similar way and if you're not in this environment i hope you can put yourself envision imagine the the fall time feeling it's it's wonderful um but with that aside uh i did want to say you know with the um with the last podcast we did with 
with Halloween, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I think I gave a nod to this, but I, I, I feel like I, I haven't conveyed enough respect for what that film achieved at that time in 1978. Um, you know, you made really good points about the context of the film in the era when serial killers were just kind of being that was just being coined as a term. The, the The general public was just becoming aware of what a serial killer was and that there are these people among us that exhibit these patterns. And the fact that in 1979, with that still being emergent, that uh, you know we get this film that was pretty sophisticated in how they they portrayed a mental patient who was a serial killer and even had the perspective of a doctor who was trying to treat that person kind of a quack but either way uh, yeah you know the <laughs> it, all of those factors i think i i need to give a lot of uh a lot of credit um to john carpenter and and the the team uh and the writers for for everything that they did there i'm not changing my vote I'm not changing my vote because my experience of the film is what it was. And I, I, I stand by what I said as far as my, my, my vote on having watched it. But I do want to say that I, I do have a tremendous amount of respect for the film and what they achieved. And, um, you know, as much as, as much as it, it was something that didn't, I didn't feel the way that it intended me to feel. But if I had watched it in, in 1979 as, a person living at that time in a contemporary sense, I do think it would have reached me. Yeah, yeah, so. that's cool. I, I get it. And I mean, look, you know, movies are actually subjective. I'm giving you a lot of shit because that's just, we're friends and I get to do that and I really, yes. really enjoy it. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, you, you are allowed to have your own opinions about a film. <laughs> Because this, I, oh, I totally deserve your your uh, your ridicule as well. So there's no hard feelings here. Yeah. This is from the first Halloween, and Drew, you decided that you wish you had never seen it. That's like the, that was your vote at the end, right? Well, so those words are not. So like I you, mean, like yeah, you hated it. He thought so it was much. garbage, and that, that it, it you want been those. Made. You want those. I want to go back. I want a chance to bail on the episode. No, <laughs> <laughs> my my vote was never on the basis of. It, really what it came down to, Justin, is I feel like Halloween as a film was so influential that I, I've seen I've seen the legacy of the film show up in so many other pieces of art and uh, and film where everything about it felt familiar. Like like this is already the entire film came across to me as a trope that I knew. But um, so. I voted never because I felt like I didn't need to see the film because he'd seen to, it before because I'd kind of seen it before. And my my experience of watching it like uh, is kind of what you were saying about jump scares. You know, for me, it it felt hokey and like I could see the zipper on the back of the monster costume to a certain extent. You know, it felt like I couldn't I couldn't suspend my disbelief and just really fully feel what the director intended. But that doesn't mean I don't have a tremendous amount of respect for what they achieved at the time and and the very significant impacts that that film has had on on film since. 
So I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I felt like I didn't give enough credit. I feel I like may you have said a few things. I feel but, like Drew maybe got an angry letter from John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's being stalked by John Carpenter. In a, How dare you? A I wish, man. What if John could, that would be wonderful. I just, I got to start trolling celebrities. That sounds like a cool position to be in. Oh yeah, was, that, that goes great nowadays. By the way, you dropping a Doug reference during that little speech by there? Uh, in fact, that was a, that was a, uh, uh, apparently thinly veiled Doug reference. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I watched TV as a kid. All right. Let's, let's bring this back to uh, Halloween three here. Um, guys, neither of you have seen it, correct? That's right. That is correct. Guys, what is Halloween three about? Okay. Well, um, so my predictions. Yeah. There will be, uh, there will be murder. <laughs> this movie will take place probably towards the end of October. Really going out on a limb here. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I know about this is that it's 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 called Halloween Three, Season of the Witch. All right. So yeah. I I've been that's like I've been trying to extrapolate from that title what this could be about. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Michael Myers. The, the slasher will be part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow I feel like this will be like a, a lower budget. I don't know who direct I directed this. It, I don't think it was John Carpenter. I feel like it was somebody else trying to continue the franchise and like cash in on it. And somehow I feel like this movie is going to be terrible. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis will be in this one. Okay. I think the actors will be largely unknown and there might be like one or two recognizable actors, but we'll be like, I know that person from somewhere, but I don't know where, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Your James Reborns kind of. Yeah. And then I think, okay, this is what trying to wrap my head around the witchcraft aspect of it. I think regular people, will have to use witchcraft for the first time to defeat Michael Myers because they have found some sort of arcane document that details how he can be sent back to hell or to some spiritual realm be, you know through through means of witchcraft cool okay that's my prediction drew what do you think well um i'm really digging justin your your prediction um because one of the i mean arguably the most egregious uh uh error in prediction for me for last time was um i felt that uh or i predicted that uh, michael myers was not quite mortal that he was some kind of a supernatural power that was summoned somehow there were rituals behind it that wasn't the case in the in the original he was a straight up person with uh, with psychological issues who was just you know a i hesitate to use the word but a mundane serial killer a, a realistic serial killer who could mostly do the things that we saw him do on screen the the one thing that calls things into question was at the end when he survives uh, five or six bullets and uh, is able to make a getaway after having 
been shot that many times and fallen out of a second story window yeah, but onto the his ground. insanity won't let him die right so you know there's 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 still some uh you know you can believe that this is a real uh mortal person throughout the entirety of the first film for the most part the title of this suggests that things may have changed by this time in the in the the uh the saga and uh i would have predicted or i should say i I'll clock my prediction here as um, that there is witchcraft and evil of some kind. I'm going to go with the prediction that things have changed and somehow Mike Myers is a supernatural uh, creature in some sense now, and that there are incantations and that there's magic behind him somehow. I I wasn't going to predict uh, what you did, Justin, which is, your prediction is essentially that the witchcraft is is the is the tool for those who, for our good characters to use to defeat Michael Myers, which I think is really interesting and and uh, it would be really cool to see if if that's kind of like all it is like like Mike Myers is still just a crazy serial killer, but somehow our our heroes are good our good witches uh, becoming familiar with with their witchcraft. I think that's really cool. And, you know, it might be influential to things like the craft and, you know, other things mm-hmm. like that. I have other predictions to clock. Okay. Before I can t- I'm not going to continue to geek out on this point and, and uh, miss them. I'm going to predict that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is not in this film. Uh, I'm pretty sure she is only in the original and the, uh, the newer uh, reboot where they brought her back. I'm going to guess that this film has a different film quality from John Carpenter's. I think Justin is right in that it'll be a different director at this point. Um, I'm guessing that this film is going to feel more overproduced or more, you know, you know, the film quality is going to feel more polished. Uh, I don't know if that's at the expense of the plot and character development, but I think we're going to see, we're going to see kind of a Halloween having been taken from a, an initial piece of art. And now it's starting to be at this kind of franchise and we may feel that come through in the film. It may feel kind of gimmicky with some things. Uh, I think we're going to see some retcon. In fact, the, the, uh, the note that I, wrote was retcon out the waz. <laughs> I think we're going to we're going to have explanations for things that happen in the earlier films that uh you know are invented for the purpose of making this film work. What is retcon? Um retroactive continuity. Oh, okay. So it's you know it's when uh it's incredibly common in comic books where they have to do things to where like if they want to bring a character back. So like, let's say you have a comic story where Batman kills the Joker, right? Like it's a huge story arc and he's finally killed the Joker. But then 10 years later, they want to bring the Joker back. They'll just be like, well, it turns out that the Joker that Batman killed was actually just a clone of the Joker. Right. The Joker replaced himself with a clone right before Batman killed him and got away. So that would be a retcon. Right. Okay. Yeah. I have uh, very few additional uh, predictions, but a couple here. So I I put down sexy witches. I think that's going to be, I think we're going to have sexy witches somehow. Okay. Um, I, I, I think we may see 
Because I was actually a little surprised at the Mike Myers uh, costume in the first film that it was essentially just a a, a technician's uh, getup that he stole from a guy, like a ro- uh, a romper. Yeah, a romper. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I had seen images of him in in a Halloween costume. I think it's possible we may see him in the adult version of the clown costume that he was wearing as a child um, for the original murder. I think we might see, we might see something along those lines. And then my final prediction, uh, I'm feeling pretty confident about this one because I feel like we confirmed, like we went over this in the first, uh, in the last episode about the initial Halloween, uh, Nick Castle will be playing our, uh, Mike Myers. Okay. Once again. Okay. Um, I have a couple of questions here. So you guys have both mentioned that you've seen sequels of the Halloween movies. Um, why do you think you haven't seen this one? It just seems way less kind of known. Like I had never heard of it. I think it's, I, actually was surprised Drew when you said you thought it would have like a more polished a higher budget appearance than the first one because I expect this to actually be pretty low budget and to mm. feel kind of like a B movie con like continuation in the series um but I think I think I expect that just because I had never heard of it and uh, if it flew so far under the radar, but then again, maybe I just missed it. You know, maybe it is like, if it's, I mean, if it's the subject of today's episode, it must be somehow part of pop culture, you know? Yeah. But I feel like your prediction is just as likely as mine. Now that you mention it and you put it that way. It's yeah. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know why I've never heard of this one. It was even hard. Like when I was trying to track down how to watch it, it came up last in all of my searches on like streaming platforms. Oh, so we might be in for a real phoned in stinker here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll address that in a second. Um, Is there, I don't always ask this question. Do you think there'll be any music that you know in this movie? I mean, I expect them to come back to that. To the uh, yeah, the creepy ding dongy theme song. Yeah. Um. Okay. But if they don't, if they don't use that, then you know this is a real B movie spinoff because they probably tried to and they weren't allowed to. They didn't get the rights. Yeah. If you look closely, it's like Halloween with one L. (laughs) (laughs) Halloween. And the L stylized up to like make it look like it might be too. It's um okay. (laughs) I have a little spiel I'm gonna launch into, but I have one more question I wanna ask you guys before I start into my shit, and that is, and I'm going to be typing something into the chat here for you guys. Guys, how do you pronounce this word? And for the people playing along at home, it is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. 
Unfortunately, I already know how to pronounce this, so I don't know if I should answer. Drew, how do you pronounce that word? Is this supposed to be shaman? No, but you might find out during the film. Okay. Okay. Should I say what it's how it's No, pronounced? you shouldn't. Okay. Don't spoil it for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I have also not seen this film. However, I know basically everything about it. I know the entire plot. I know everything that happens. And that is because this movie has been the subject of multiple podcasts that I have listened to. So I am not going to make predictions because they would all be complete spoilers because I just know all this stuff. I'll get into the nature of what those podcasts are in part two as well. I will also say to, it may have occurred to some listeners, it definitely occurred to Drew to ask this question. We did Halloween 1, and then for the follow-up to Halloween, we're doing Halloween 3. And so the question arises, why Halloween 3? So you actually have a lot of options when it comes to Halloween. Uh, Halloween has a lot of different ways you could go when you're going to at least pair it with just one other movie. Um, You could go the obvious choice and do Halloween 2. You could go with the uh, Rob Zombie reboot Halloween (laughs) from 2007 and pair it with that and see how they compare. Or you could go with the more recent kind of soft reboot sequel, Halloween, that just came out as the one that you pair it with. I decided to pair it with this one, Halloween 3. And we're going to now go watch it, and hopefully when we come back, you guys will appreciate why. And that's all I'm going to say on it for now, but we'll see what you think of my choice. And that's all I got for the moment, so unless you guys have anything else you want to get down on the record before we watch it, I think we're ready to go. Let's watch Halloween 3. Woo! I'll catch you all on the flip side. And so we are now back. Well, guys, was it exactly what you expected? How can it not be? Uh, I mean, my my main critique is that it was just too predictable. <laughs> it's uh, definitely a straight shooting uh, mainstream film there. Yeah, really. Oh my god. <sighs> spoon-fed. I just feel a bit spoon-fed. Yeah. Yep. Saw that okay. coming. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, allow me to um just take a moment to mention how I came to 
this film myself. Um, so I, I had not seen this film either, but I was pretty well familiar with its content. And that is because um, it has been a staple film of every single bad movie podcast that I've ever listened to. So like your how did it get maids, your flop houses, you know, your yeah, it's that bads, whatever. So I've heard I've heard this plot broken down multiple times. And and Justin, I know your other movie that you've done for this pod has been The Room. I, I kind of feel like I have to apologize to you. It is it uh, it was not my intention to like set out and only have you on episodes that focus on deliberately bad movies. You know, apology not accepted because <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessary. I when we were watching that, I was like, I'm kind of glad that I am here for the ones that are so terrible. <laughs> Well, here's the other thing. I actually don't think the movie is that bad. Um, why Maybe not? Maybe we can get into that. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was that bad. I mean, okay, okay. Let's, yeah. Let's be honest. Should we get into this? Oh, we we should. We should. Um but um it does just also bring us back to that last thing that I was saying at the end of part one, which is that um, the reason I picked this movie, the reason I zagged instead of zigging was um, instead of doing a straight up sequel to Halloween or a remake or reboot or whatever is I took the one that is famous for being the weird one, which doesn't have Michael Myers. Wow. It Halloween three season of the witch spoiler alert if you're one of the people who hasn't seen it yet this is the one that is famous or infamous for having absolutely nothing to do with any of the other halloween films it doesn't have michael myers it doesn't have jamie lee curtis it doesn't touch on the other halloween films in any way whatsoever it's a complete outlier there's no character overlap at all no they None have whatsoever. they have the original Halloween movie playing in the background sometimes just to taunt us. Yeah, it's it's a completely separate story. Does the and original so, one also take place in California at least? No, it takes place in Haddonfield, Illinois. Illinois. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's shot in California. It is shot in California. People in Illinois do not have their laundry getups outside in some in shed buildings. in a yeah, separate building. But that is California. Regardless of that, it just um, it, we'll get into how it came to how this movie came to be a little later. But this this movie is not. It basically isn't a Halloween film. It's oh, yeah. just completely separate. Yeah, the and only so, the yeah. only thing that makes it a Halloween film is that it takes place like around Halloween. Yeah, the Halloween. Right. That's it. Yeah. Which they made very gimmicky reference to. Also, none of the murders you like involve a knife in any way. Right. No. Not a single one uses a knife. That's a good point. It's but all just rather... sheer sheer robot force. Robot yeah. force, mind brainwashing and cursing for the hatching of crickets and yeah, the snakes other... and whatnot. <laughs> the vague amalgamation of creepy crawlies 
just All right, so, bursting so, out of your head. So I'm taking it then that you guys did not uh, did not think it was a very good film. No, you think the the word garbage comes to mind? <laughs> I mean, it was a com- uh, yeah, f- garbage on fire, maybe like a a total dumpster fire, like of a, a movie. dumpster fire that you know you kind of <laughs> laugh watching it, but. Yeah, that's a dumpster fire. I mean, well, I, Justin, how does it compare to the room? <laughs> the acting is uh, marginally better. Marginally. <laughs> no, like the again. I'm really sorry. I didn't. It, it wasn't my intention to have this be your burden. Hey, <laughs> on this body, I still haven't cast my vote. Um, okay, I'm not. I'm not against the fact that I have watched it. Uh, I love seeing. I love experiencing like really terrible movies this one was bad in in a way that i really actually do like which is that you have no idea what's gonna happen it's like it was clearly like when they wrote it they just kind of made it up as they went along and this it was very maximalist in its plot decisions like where they just keep piling all these different types of tropes on top of each other and there's no real reason for it, but there's, you never know what's going to happen. I like that. Let me give you a little bit of background on it so that you can maybe um, understand what the hell was going on with this movie. So here's the thing. We started out friends. Um, The original idea behind Halloween was not to have it be a continuing, ongoing saga about Michael Myers. The original concept for Halloween was that it would be an anthology series of horror films where just it was it was scary stuff that happened on or around the holiday of Halloween. Hmm. And to that end, Spoilers for the movie Halloween 2, they very definitively kill off Michael Myers at the end of Halloween 2. And they didn't even really want to make Halloween 2. They sort of were like contractually obligated. Uh, John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Deborah Hill were all obligated to make it and sort of like deliberately made it in a, in a funk And so they kill him off, and after that, they're sort of like, Halloween is now an anthology series. And so this was supposed to be the first installment of that. Mm. And ironically, uh, Friday the 13th, which is very consciously a ripoff of Halloween, was also going to do this. It was going to rip that off, too, where it wasn't always going to be Jason. It was always going to be different horror movies taking place on or around Friday the 13th. Mm. But they ripping off Halloween even more, also abandoned that idea and just stuck with their sort of original-ish killer, Jason, although they did ultimately do that with their TV show, Friday the 13th, which is just sort of like a Twilight Zone-ish show hmm. taking place on Friday the 13th over and over again. That's the new, but, um, the, the like very new TV show? It's kind of recent, yeah. Huh. Um, I, I don't think it's still on the air, though. But, um... Anyway, but so so this movie though, it was a total failure. People fucking hated it. And uh so they didn't wind up going with that. And so with the next movie, Halloween 4, subtitle, 
the return oh, of Michael Myers. There you I, go. I smell a retcon. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> the retcon being Michael somehow survives his very clear and obvious unsurvivable death at the end of Halloween 2. They just like figured out some way from like the retcons are at the end of every you know slasher movie. It's like, oh no, he he lived somehow. You, you especially need that with the Halloween movies where he's not supernatural or magical. It's yeah. like, how did he live? Well, you he need lived, that explanation. X Y Z, right? Yeah. Um, and it's actually kind of funny in that you'll notice for a while in the Halloween films, like Halloween four, five, six, for a while, the titles all very prominently feature Michael Myers in the title <laughs> because they're just like, no, 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 seriously, like, he is in this one. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Costume just, just, design just... for Michael Myers by... <laughs> by Let us by reassure the actor, you. Michael Myers. <laughs> Michael Myers. Is Michael Myers. <laughs> written by, starring, and directed by Michael Myers. Comic consultation by Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what ha- so that's what happened here. That makes a lot of sense that this was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that's the the two second clip for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um but you know, it's kind of a shame though, because in a way, like the idea is good. Like I like the idea in principle. Yeah, but they had a couple of things going against them. I mean, you you set out to have this anthology concept, then you're contracted out of that immediately on the first sequel, and you kind of went in a direction already. And, well, Michael's uh, just too iconic, right? They, they you know, and you just reinforce that with the movie. sequel. You can't just abruptly stop and make it an anthology without. Yeah, it's awkward. But this could have, like, this here, idea could have worked if it worked. this was a well-written storyline. Like, the problem That's of true. this is not that, like, oh, the main person, the main character everybody wants to see is not in this. It's like, this doesn't make, like, they're, they're, it's just not well-written. They should have gone similar to, like, an American horror story where they went with just, like, a different plausible or semi-plausible serial killer the director of the movie, his name is Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh, he is he is a friend of John Carpenter's. Uh, he worked on the original Halloween film. He was actually the person who was responsible for acquiring the mask that would become the famous Michael Myers mask. He had an alternative that he picked up. He had two. He had the William Shatner mask that he altered and turned into the Michael Myers mask. And they were like, oh, we're going with that. That's clearly what it has to be. The alt that he had was this clown mask that he found. And he would ultimately wind up using the clown mask in the only other, like, really standout thing in his filmography, in my opinion, that he made, which is that he directed the 1990s miniseries it oh really oh yeah that was yeah. great yeah that that scared the shit out of me, me as too. a kid yeah. yeah me too yeah so he he does he has done good work yeah, yeah. that that um, miniseries was way better than the uh the movies that came out the last like few years 
I haven't seen them. I saw the first one. I didn't see the second one. I actually kind of thought the first one was okay. I mean, it, it wasn't was, like it wasn't. I, I, it wasn't as iconic as that '90s one was. But uh, yeah, but and, okay. and also to be fair, I've gone back and watched the original '90s series again more recently, and it's, it's not that great. Yeah, I could, I could yeah. see that. I could see that, especially with the older, older folks. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I want to call out the cast too quickly. You guys were absolutely right that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis does not come back. Yeah. Uh, although she does actually, she provides some voiceover. I think she's someone on the phone. But <laughs> really? that's just really count. that doesn't count. No. Um, is that is that true? Yeah, she 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 is someone over the phone. Wow. Huh. I mean, she's just doing someone a favor, and she's not in it in it. Right. But that's um, that's kind of neat that they involved her somehow. I guess. Something. Um, I prefer. Sorry. Her, I prefer her role in the Activia commercials. <laughs> Stay in regular. Sorry, Drew. Uh, Nick Castle is not uh, reprising his role as Michael Myers in this movie. Nope. Didn't get that right. Um. However, we do have Tom Atkins as Doctor Daniel Chalice. Creepy Doctor Drunken Touchy. <laughs> A little. Uh... Quasi pedophilia going on there. He look. I mean, he looks familiar to me, but I don't know who Tom Atkins is. I don't. Do you? I did. We like one of the. We we thought that maybe we would recognize some of these people from stuff. I didn't recognize anyone from anything. I did recognize like, but I don't know if they're the actual people I recognize, or they just look like generic. They're generic lookalikes. Look-alikes it was not but... Willem Dafoe in the control room there. I looked it up. The Willem gu- Dafoe is not in this. <laughs> his his wife, <laughs> the Nancy, the girl who played his wife, is um, actually, though, Annie from Halloween 1. Oh. Huh. Yeah. But uh, Stacy Nelkin played Ellie. Okay. I thought she was super cute. Yes. And, you know, good as a, like, you know, determined, like, daughter trying to figure out who killed her dad. But she you know. she also worked out as a surprise uh, programmed, you know, child sex robot <laughs> at the end. Spoiler alert, Drew, we're not there yet. <laughs> I actually think the standout guy in this movie, though, is Dan O'Herlihy as uh, as Cochran. <laughs> he's kind of creepy. I he's thought certainly creepy with his evil Irish plan. Mm-hmm. I thought, the oh my doc- god, this movie hates Irish people so much. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with that? With the silver shamrock, <laughs> the the Irish town like frozen in time. With it, well, and also like like the bum who's sort of like you know things were going great in this town until the Irish arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, putting everybody out of work. Coming in with the Gaelic uh, Sawin and blah. Yeah, Drew. So we figured out how to say that. Yeah, Sawin, apparently. I looked it up on Wikipedia, which is always right about everything, and we it confirms that, yes. that Sawin uh, is the, the yes, correct It's not Sam Hain. No, it's not Sam Hain. Nor is it Shaman, somehow, as I obtusely guessed. Sam Hain sounds like a bad singer songwriter. <laughs> Sam Hain with failed singer songwriters. <laughs> Sam he's the, Hain. He's the, he's the failed older brother from that band. <laughs> yeah. if, if only I had written that 
that silver shamrock jingle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one's a banger. Guys, we were right. Um, John Carpenter did did write music I for thought, this. Uh, okay, he was I, involved. I thought that some of the like synth, ambient synth music was really good in this. Agreed. But yeah. it wasn't the fucking banger of the original Halloween song. Not at all. No, these are the B-sides for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, too much of the airtime was dominated by that horrible, obnoxious jingle. It which, sticks in your head, though. It's it effective does. advertising. I did actually, I mean, when I turned it off, I went to do to like um, make myself a cup of tea and started singing it without even thinking about it. That is the um. What is that that melody actually? London Brown. London Bridge is falling down. Weird. Which of course Irish people would love seeing. This the logic is airtight. Oh, boy. The only other person I want to call out, and this is purely for adolescent purposes, one of the guys playing the assassin androids was a man who also played Michael Myers in Halloween 2, by the way. Huh. His name is Dick Warlock. <laughs> Dick Warlock. Is his name really Dick Warlock? Yes! And did Nick Castle not play Michael Myers in Halloween 2? No. Wow! Wow! I know. I'm breaking hearts and blowing minds here. Wow! <laughs> I don't know if I can go on. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but you have to, because now we can talk about the plot. I don't think I can go on anymore because my name is not Dick Warlock. I know, nope. what a name. Holy Time shit. to march our ass down to the court. Change our names to Dick Warlock. It's not Richard. It's just Dick. <laughs> Would you prefer I call you Richard? Absolutely no. not. No, that is not my name. <laughs> Got the paper here to prove it. All right. So, Justin, it seemed like you had a really strong grasp on the plot of this movie. Did you want to try and lay it, lay it out? <laughs> um, yes, I do, actually. Um, so... Masks are this. <laughs> masks are the central point of this plot. Masks are being manufactured by this man Cochrane, who um, has established himself uh, and an army of his robot helpers uh, in a small town in California, and he <coughs> is really wealthy and has stolen a piece of Stonehenge. Yeah, um, to harness. The, the witchcraft that is embedded within the rock, uh, as he reveals, Stonehenge is actually used as a sacrificial circle in Wiccan, um, I guess, rituals. Yes. Although I, I do have a question about the film. So it's sort of danced around, but do we have a clear answer to the question, why is this called Season of the Witch? <laughs> well, because he is doing this on Halloween because it is, uh, It, I guess, does it actually, I don't think it lines up with Samhain, but he mentions how when he was growing up, 
It does. It does line up with Samhain. Okay. The festival of Samhain. But what did he when he was recounting like you know growing up in his little village and like the festival of Samhain happening? Why? What happened that made him want to now kill all these people? Obviously, uh, someone came through and killed all the children in his village. Oh, okay. So he's. Re- it's my be, best guess. I don't know. Tit for tat. Well, I, I, exactly. I think his motivation was sort of like when I was growing. So when the festival happens, like the the lines between reality and the supernatural get blurry. You know, the supernatural stuff is always very uh, bloody and you know ugly. And um, he also, it's pointed out, he loves practical jokes. That's how he built his fortune was on selling um, joke stuff. He's the inventor of sticky toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so his first the... motivation is just that it's a hilarious practical joke. <laughs> on the children! Wait, is there... <laughs> have the you, best joke of all! Have you ever seen sticky toilet paper as like a prank gift? Is this like a real thing? Not that I'm aware of. I've, I've never seen it, and I hope to never, ever come across it. <laughs> yeah, sounds... it sounds like something they came up with for this movie. Horrible. Um, it's pretty awful. But so not as awful as, uh, you know, the plagues busting out of your head as a child mm-hmm. from putting on a Halloween mask and watching a jingle. But it's it's like this sort of like you Americans, like you corporatized Halloween and don't get the like the witchy origins of it. So we're going to teach you how serious it really is with this like mass bloody ritual. You know, it's it's that bullshit European condescending dick move that you get sometimes in these movies where it's like, we're going to show you Americans what this shit really means. Right. Teach them the hard way. Gatekeeping is what they call it. Mm, yeah. You don't know what this holiday is really about. If you did, you would die. <laughs> and what I find interesting is the um, intersection of witchcraft and technology because they have harnessed the power of witchcraft from Stonehenge. The, the, the solution to killing people was to take uh, the witchcraft energy from the rock from Stonehenge, embed it into some sort of microchip that is in a, a, a sort of button that's put on the masks. And that's how insects and snakes get released. And there's lasers well, too. Yeah, the laser delivers the uh, the radiation that produces the rapidly evolving locusts and snakes. And here's what I think. Here's animals. how I think it works. They take the piece of Stonehenge and they put it in the microchip, which they put on the mask. And the kids are wearing the mask. And if they're watching the commercial that they plan to air at 9 p.m. on Halloween. The commercial is, it contains, through the power of technology, like, it beams the, uh, the rich, it beams the incantation to the microchip, and that yeah. activates the piece of Stonehenge to cause the horrible thing to happen in the kids' heads. I you see, know? I see, I see. It's a special code frequency that unlocks the, uh, the buttons. Um, I realize that Stonehenge we've, power. we've moved on to talking about the plot, but I do still have a question about one of the people involved in this movie. Okay. Who is Mustafa Akkad? He was a, he was the producer. He was the money. The main producer. Okay. 
I see. So who's the director of this film? Tommy Lee Wallace. Right, right. right. The <laughs> guy who did it. I'm later. sorry. Okay. Um, but so when the movie starts, there's this guy who's fleeing for some reason, and we find out later, Well, and well, he's fleeing for some reason, and then he winds up, you know, getting killed in the hospital by this strange man who we'll later find out is a robot. And it's because he's figured all this shit out um, about the masks, about Stonehenge, about <laughs> that this... actor uh, in the initial scene reminded like he looked like one of the actors in the thing. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's possible. I thought that, maybe. Sounds, um, that sounds plausible. Let me see. That was the same year as this, right? You said? Uh, I don't see him as being in it, but we were at your in terms of Jamie Lee Curtis, in terms of what part she had as a chemist, she was the uh, telephone service operator. Okay. <laughs> One saying that uh, we can't connect your call. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but so. This guy winds up in the hospital and, you know, some of the kills in this movie, you know, they were actually not half bad. Like, you know, the first one is like he gets this robot, like puts his fingers through his fucking eyes. And then, like, it looks like he breaks his fucking face with his hands pulling it out. He's got the two brutal. I think they're his thumbs. He's got his thumbs in his eyes all the way. He like he goes he goes knuckle deep on the thumbs quickly, which pr- produces a torrent of goo coming out of the eye sockets. And on his way out, the fingers kind of rip the the n- nose bridge muscle with the eyes up. Yeah, it's gross. His face looks all like wrong afterwards, too. Yeah. I was like, damn. It does seem like something a robot would do. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And just... That you know that serves as a way to bring in Doctor uh, Doctor Drunky McTouch Me Up. <laughs> None of the characters in this movie have any backstory, any context. We don't know why. Are you? Or maybe not. Maybe I, I miss. I disagree because Doctor Drunky has the backstory that he's a drunk and that he's constantly flirting with and touching all the nurses and women around him. And he's divorced. But that's more of like a character trait. Okay. Like, where did he come from? Where did he get his PhD from? What does he specialize in? Yeah, what's the what's the big picture for any of these characters? They're pretty much just meat. Is he actually a medical doctor? Uh, I, I believe he's a medical doctor. He could be, that's he what he wants you to believe. He could but be a doctor really, he's of just philosophy. a drunk. He's a drunk who's a doctor of philosophy who walks around the hospital in a in a doctor's. For all we know, this is a catch me if you can situation. Exactly. It's just a Leonardo DiCaprioing it. But so then, the dead guy's incredibly cute daughter shows up, and she's like, "I think I want to investigate this a little further," and. Even though um, you are a strange older man who I have never met before, why don't you come with me on this adventure? Yeah, I would love stay in my same hotel room with me. I would love to see the leathery skin on your back. Before we even get to them staying at the same hotel, though, I just want to point out 
when they're first kind of meeting, getting to know each other, she brings uh, the daughter, who's Ellie, uh, the daughter of the dead guy. She brings Dr. Touchy to her dad's store. And she's kind of like, I've been doing some detective work. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot of gumption on you, Ellie. But um, well, you don't expect uh, so much from her, Dave? No, because she's a woman. Oh, this feels gendered. I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, I didn't expect her to be capable of anything. <laughs> but <laughs> she's but, just um, a little girl. She looks really young. Okay. She it's does, true. Yeah. But um, what I was gonna say is she mentions how her dad's store has been getting killed by the local mall out down the way. And it started this thing throughout this movie about how this movie is crazy anti-capitalist. Hmm. And I kind of appreciated it. Yeah, there is. I didn't read into the anti-capitalist subtext. Even the like commercial is the most evil thing about the whole movie. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's just that it's a total brainwash mass production scheme. And yeah. it's, I mean, you know, it, it's coming from this, like, corporate overlord who moved in to this town, like, built up a monopoly on mass, like, took it over, like, all these, you know, you get the complaints from people. It's like, oh, yeah, co- he came in, took over, put us all out of work. You know, the whole whole town, the town is like a company town that he basically controls. Like, he can put yeah. the whole town on a curfew. He's got surveillance everywhere. Sort of anti-capitalist. Yeah. Yeah. Also super anti-Irish. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I approve of that, too. Hey. You know? <laughs> so, a, a, lot of, a lot of good messages in this film. <laughs> Speaking of the commercial, I do, we were live texting... Uh, together as you know we all watch this on our own because clearly we can't be together because of covid and also the fact that justin is a horrible filthy foreigner and lives in canada but um we were live texting and uh could be worse he could be from ireland and um hey drew's drew's text this goddamn jingle (laughs) yeah that's right it was like probably the fifth time you hear it it just kind of oh it just really starts to get under your skin. Very and then they grating. keep playing it yeah. a lot. There are also a few good lines here as they're on the way. Like, so Dr. I shouldn't keep calling him Dr. Touchy. What's his name? Doctor. I think you should. I have no idea. I'm appreciating this, uh, this name. Dr. Chalice. Is that what his name was? Like, I don't remember any of their names other than Cochrane. There's Dr. Right. Chalice and Ellie. Are the two leads. Okay. Okay. Dr. Chalice. Dr. Chalice. All right. So it's Dr. Touchy. Um, yeah. Dr. Touchy. He's so. he's calling his ex-wife to explain why he can't pick up the kids to take them on his day. And he's, he's saying he has to go to a medical conference. And he says, no, I don't know the name of the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Look, I gotta go. And then he goes and he grabs he has a six pack on on the payphone. It's like don't forget that. <laughs> and then they're like driving into the town and they make such a big deal about the fact that like the the owner of the company is Irish. It's like Irish Halloween masks in California? <laughs> well, you never know. Something's amiss. Something's wrong. Yeah, this is not right. 
All right. Anyway, so they arrive at the Silver Shamrock Company town. Let's talk about this hotel situation. Motel, in fact. What a dump. They do it in a skeezy motel. Well, and let's talk about, like, who, what was the tension? What was the, like, who was hitting on who in that situation? Dude, it's all her. Yeah, she was, she was really uh, horny. And, like, it was not even a question in her mind. He seemed almost taken aback. I mean, rightfully so. It's like, where do you want to sleep? Yeah. Yeah, she initiates. He's like, you know, I should probably get a separate room, right? She's like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> my dad's gone. I need another one. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, dude, she looks like she's 20, 22. He looks like he's 50. At yeah, least. 22 is generous. And like a hard living 50. Yeah, a liver spotted 50. Yep. It just... Look, I don't want to. I don't want to body shame. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I but shouldn't he have looks said that. way older than her. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's really odd from our perspective. Do you think people in like 1982 watch this and were like, "Yep, that's what happens"? <sighs> Probably more so would be my guess. I I like that that whole uh, gender expectation. Set in that scenario, felt like more normal in 1982. Certainly, I mean, he is a doctor. Yeah, that's right. There was like so much kind of emphasis on how sexy that was. And he's got that cool mustache. Yep, like very attractive PI in the type. 80s. Yep, he always looks Miami Vice. He always looks quite like clammy. <laughs> clammy. <laughs> you know yeah yes i do it, she doesn't seem so, sad that her dad just died no she's got this hot doctor to hang well, around no, with no. Now. she's she's like on a crusade to find his killers yeah that's true no she's affected but she we don't see her cry i guess that's above the grade of acting that they she's not sad for. she's filled with righteous anger right right we'll go with that yeah <laughs> Righteous, sexy anger. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yeah. So she's fucking forward with him. She's just sort of like, so we going to bone down here or what? And he's like, I guess so. Is, he's yeah. like, is that a trick question? Yeah. yeah. He goes, that's a stupid question. Is that he what he said? In. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes, that's a stupid question. And then goes dumb for broad. it. <laughs> And so they have sex. Um, there's also a whole bunch of like random weirdos at this hotel who we meet who aren't like that important. But like there's this family and there's also a uh, Marge Gutman who. Yeah. Marge come Gutman. Back, come look back. her up. <laughs> look her up. She goes, look me up. Look like me up. in I'm the Marge phone Gutman. book, right? Yeah. If you're ever in San Francisco, look me up. I'm Marge Gutman. Um, <laughs> like you'd remember, you'd like you to automatically know how to spell that. There's, there's so the town is kind of sketchy though. So it's a company town. The guy Cochran controls everything. The whole town is under complete and total surveillance. Yeah, security and there's cameras. And a 6 p.m. Everywhere. curfew. Oh, did you just did you say that too? No, sorry. I was like, yeah. There's they they do make a point to show that there are security cameras everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. a Big Brother situation. 
Yeah. And you can't be out after six. But uh, Dr. Touchy breaks that and he meets a bum who hates Cochrane and the Irish. And for his troubles, the bum then gets his fucking head pulled off. Yeah. Like he's a Ken doll. Right. Twist, like twisted off. Yeah, like like it's a doll out of the socket. Yeah. There's a rotation to it. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta work it a little bit. Yeah. It's twist off. There's some more gross sex, and in the meantime, <laughs> Marge Gutman finds the microchip in the mask, and it shoots her in the face and fucking blows her fucking face off. This was gross, but kind of in a good way. Like it was a pr- it was pretty awesome. The effect, the way her face looked and everything. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job yeah. with that uh, special effects, the whatever mask type thing they created for that. My favorite part of it, though, is that our two heroes are banging in the room next door. They hear this happen to her, and Ellie is kind of like, what was that? And our, 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 the doctor is like, who cares? And they just go back to having sex. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So anyway, Justin, you did mention at this point that you did sort of you were enjoying how unpredictable the movie was. Yeah, yeah, totally. When I when she found a microchip, I was like, "What?" And then there was a laser it shot her in the face, and then an, a strange insect emerged from her facial wounds. It was a series of like very unexpected uh, twists. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, all at once. Yeah. I guess I like I like that because I had no idea where any of it was going. Yeah. At that point, I mean, not that was pretty far. That was almost to the midway point of the film at that point, and and not too long before that, I remember thinking like, who are these people? Meaning every character in the plot, like who, who, who's, what's, I mean, we know Ellie's motivation about this crusade, but really what, who, who is anybody here? Like what, well, why do I care? Where's Mike Myers? What is going on here? <laughs> why? Yeah. There's no Mike Myers, guys. There's no Mike Myers. He's never showing up. What is happening? What Where's John Carpenter? He's just playing the music <laughs> that he produced. It was so weird. He's just on the phone. Did we already talk about how there was a commercial for the movie Halloween within this movie? Yeah, it was on in a bar. Yeah. That's when you guys you guys were like texting. You're like, wait a minute. Halloween is a movie within this movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you go, uh, yeah, we've crossed the Rubicon now. <laughs> it's like Inception. There it is. There it is. I was like, all right, this is a different universe from this is this is our universe. Or not. Sorry, guys. This is actually a documentary. <laughs> this is an actual criminal Cochrane that was caught as a result of this film being made. Thousands of children's lives were spared, uh, or maybe, maybe not. We'll we'll see. Um, thousands fewer than would have died had channels one and two not been disconnected. Let's just 
let's let's just give them that credit you know maybe it's pretty easy to change those channels but that's we'll, true we'll, we'll get there you'd have to stick stick in there through both twists of the <laughs> yeah and kids are lazy these days we know that that's right their attention you know yeah fucking kids these days so there's also this stupid family at the hotel and they seem like they're like in the movie from a different movie it seems like these people from like a national lampoons show up yeah totally when they yeah. show up they pull up in an rv in which the kids bicycle is just like it's as if they just like placed it on the front of the rv and started driving and didn't attach it at all it was all. like held in place by momentum <laughs> and then this like yeah. toddler's tiny bike like falls near the doctor and they all act like he could have died it's weird none of it makes sense yeah nope. well anyway they're there to get a factory tour from cochran which um our heroes kind of like join in on and while they're there they see that uh, there are lots of copies of the murder man and we also find out that uh, the the dad's car is there. So they get confirmation that something is wrong. But they also blow their cover. So Ellie's like, should we bail? And the doctor's like, uh, fuck yes, we should bail. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so they start getting ready to leave. But then she's gone. She got took. And he manages to escape, but... You know, he realizes the only place she could be would be at the factory. So he breaks into the factory and we get a a quick weird moment where there's this creepy like knitting woman. Yes, this was my favorite uh, scene in the whole movie. This was the coolest part. Really? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was the only part of this movie that that I thought had some like scary potential. This kind of this kind of touches that nerve of psychologically disturbing that you were talking about, Justin, like yeah. that, that doll is like, it's, Oh, at first it really does look like a real person and it's disturbingly off. Yeah. It's uncanny, but, but it's uncanny. But it, like, as you continue to look at it, you know, something's off here it, and yeah, 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 the reveal, it's just, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of a unique and disturbing thing unto itself that's quite impressive. I also appreciate just the activity of knitting as being part of this scary moment. Hmm. Knitting's creepy. Appar yeah, apparently. Never thought of it that way. Well, there's a quick uh, quick robot fight. Uh, Dr. Touchy wins by punching the guy's guts out. And it's pretty gross. But he does get caught. And um, Cochran starts you know, monologue, doing his villain monologue to him and mm. explaining his whole plan. Part of which we all noticed he does straight to camera. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's breaking the fourth wall at the end. He, uh, when he's geeking out, like they they do this intentional buildup with every day starting from, well, it's the 23rd at first, but they go to the 28th, October 29th. Oh, it's getting closer to Halloween. And we're here on the 30th and he looks into the camera and is like oh it's all gonna happen on october 31st or something like it's just so well, on the nose one more day till halloween halloween do you think on, no on november 1st it's like 365 days till halloween oh, it just God. keeps going throughout the whole year jesus christ 
just eternally chased by that song. Well, anyway, um, we already explained what the plan is, but uh, we get a demonstration of it in which he actually shows the doctor how it works by demonstrating it on the National Lampoon's family, specifically their kid. Uh, Justin, you were a big fan of the, him doing this. Yeah, at that point, I was like, thank God this kid's out of the picture. Maybe it was because I saw myself in him and I hate myself, but he has... Whoa! <laughs> I'm just having this revelation now. This has been very helpful because he was like a young little ginger boy who was uh, <laughs> just eternally annoying. And when his head exploded into snakes and crickets, I was like, phew, thank God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Justin, please do not go and fill your head with uh, snake and uh, snake eggs and crickets. And... Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. And I just, I love that the dude is like, "Why?" And he's like, "Well, it's a joke on the children. <laughs> <laughs> Best joke of all." But he also he has that cool the. The guy who plays Cochran, Dan O'Hurley, he, he's got that kind of like cool, deep Christopher Lee style voice. Yes. You know, where the Festival of Sauron. Yeah. It's like it's it's good for delivering this uh this this exposition here about the evil plan at the end. I liked that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He does he does have his qualities as a villain. The voice is good. Well, there is one more kill that happens here, which is um the doctor had this uh, uh, woman. I think she was like the coroner or something like that. Yes. So this was actually my favorite character of the whole movie. I thought she was a pretty good actress. And I don't know why, but every time she was on screen, it did it for me. Yeah. Like did it for me like, oh, actually, there are some good actors in this movie. And she was somewhat captivating. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I just I, I was hoping that she was going to somehow be the underdog that saves the day. This is the one that Dr. Touchy had kind of a relationship with, right? Like he kissed her at one point. Yeah. She was a, yeah, there was like some good character engagement happening in that scene. Yeah, they had and, history. And, yeah. You know, a good like, rapport. Okay. All right, people. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and she but almost. Yeah, she didn't. She almost no. cracks it. You yeah, know, she figures it out, but then she gets she gets no gone. more airtime. Yeah, I do think the way she figures it out is funny. Where she's like playing with one one of the me- mechanical components of the robot, just like twisting it and seeing it spring back, and she's like, "Ah, oh, yes, it must be a killer robot programmed <laughs> from the rock of Stonehenge to kill people." No, my God, <laughs> get me the sheriff. <laughs> Yeah, you, you like see the gears turning in her mind as the gears are turning in her hand. Yep. And uh she goes to the ship, but also the way she dies is horrible. It's like a it's like a Jason murder. Yeah. It's the way the, he would kill someone. The old drill in the ear. Yeah. <sighs> you think it was the ear? I thought he went I was assuming it was the right temple. Right into the temple or the forehead. I don't know why. I was I, I was pretty sure it was her ear. Hmm. I think he well, had her, yeah, her, imagination. Her, head was, her head was tilted. Her head was tilted. We didn't see it. We didn't see it. It was, uh, we saw his back. Not how I want to go. Ugh. Yeah, no. A drill through the brain anyway. <laughs> yeah. Whether by any angle, you know. 
Well, anyway, so main dude is tied up, and he's going to be forced to watch it unfold. Uh, the commercial is apparently going to air during a, a TV screening of the original Halloween. And I do have one word of advice to filmmakers out there, which is I know it's tempting, but you should not put a better movie on in the background of your movie. <laughs> it just makes the audience wish they were watching that movie instead. Yeah, especially yeah. when you are advertising that it will be that movie. <laughs> you're like right. here come watch this movie called halloween 3 <laughs> which is really has nothing to do with halloween 1 and is not as good but we'll put it's, it on in the background especially yeah, if so it's like playing it. the iconic music too it like comes on and the music it's like dun 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 it's like playing yeah yeah it's straight up playing it's I'm like, like oh, playing i wish i was swing. watching that <laughs> yeah oh my god all right, so he gets free. He finds Ellie. Uh, she's all tied up. He sets her free. They break into the control room, and he fucks it all up by basically, like, throwing all the chips in the air and playing the commercials. So it, like, sets off all the microchips. It kills all the guys, and it sets off the rituals. So, like, it basically the kills The factory burns down. Yeah, kills Cochran, sets off the Stonehenge piece. The factory burns down. Now all he has to do is drive away and turn off the commercial before it airs and blows up the head of every child in the United States. Because apparently Silver Shamrock Corporation has sold one of these. The masks, they only sell three masks. They're three generic fucking masks. It's it's a pumpkin, a ghost, and a witch. And I know it's only- They're very high quality, though. They're pretty good looking masks. Like, yeah, I would want, which one would you pick? ghost i'd probably go with the pumpkin yeah i think pumpkin for me mm. goes with the hair thank you not for me well but i'm just saying <laughs> they're so generic like even in 1982 they didn't have something more interesting for kids to buy than a pumpkin mask they really, I mean, they could have just used the Michael Myers mask and then it would have made it part of the franchise. Ooh, good call. Well, yep. the pumpkin is sort of like the uh, the logo of the Halloween franchise a little bit. That's true. That's true. But anyway, so he's he's racing away and then we get the big twist. Yeah, Ellie is no longer Ellie. She is a- Was she ever? She's a robot. <laughs> Very existential, true. But, but uh, no, I guess I do pose that as a serious question. Was she? Do we know that she was converted into a robot somewhere along the I way? I think it's pretty obvious when she's like under that sheet. Yeah, oh, I think when yeah. they took her to the factory. Yeah, yeah, they sh they strap her. To yeah, that's true. I mean, he bangs yeah. her a bunch. I think he would have noticed at the skeezy motel if she was a yeah, robot. That's true. Um, but yeah, she's a robot. And she tries to kill him. They have a car crash. And then we get a series of hilarious almost endings where he keeps thinking he's killed her. And then just like she's broken up into parts and each different part keeps coming back to kill him. Like the arm comes back and then the rest of her that he originally thought he killed comes back. And, and then, then the uh, other arm comes back. <laughs> there is at, right. at the end. There's a moment when her arm like 
jumps up to grab his throat and he's like trying to get it off before it's even clamped onto him. And it's as if it's like an anti-gravity arm. Like the physics of that make no sense at all. Why would well, it's it be... a robot arm. Yeah, but why would it be hard for him to just throw it a, like away from him? Well, it's, it, it's, it's a robot arm. Oh, I see. It's super strong. It's very strong. There it's, was it's like when she stood up and her arm had been ripped out of its socket and there was like a tiny little mechanical... Uh, like a nub of some nub, kind. yeah, where the arm was attached, and that's like wiggling around, and they really stay on that for quite some time, and it's drip, <laughs> dri- like dripping with that weird yellow robo bile. Like that was the grossest part of the movie to me. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think uh, Marge Gutman's face after she took that laser to it was pretty gross. Yeah, but anyway, so <laughs> he defeats her as a robot, then he defeats her arm. Then he defeats her her body, and I think I think that's the final defeat. And he he runs to a gas station. He gets on the phone with the TV the TV station, and he begs them to take the commercial off TV. He gets them to turn at the last minute. He gets them to turn it off channel one. He gets them to turn it off channel two, but the third channel, he's too late. The third channel airs the commercial, and we cut to black. Halloween three. Oh, dun 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 dun. Season of the Witch. No. How much did this movie cost to make, and how much did it gross? <laughs> well, I can tell you, but first I want to know if you guys even liked it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it wasn't even fun bad, Drew. It was definitely fun bad for me. It was fun bad. Yeah. It was fun bad. I'm glad to do that. It wasn't boring. No, no, I wouldn't even... What if I had shown this to you and it was just called Season of the Witch? Like, what if it was not... If Halloween had nothing to do... If you went in not thinking it had anything to do with Halloween? I think it would be even less engaging. <laughs> because I mm. wouldn't be searching for some sort of thread that ties it to the original franchise. And then when it doesn't come, you know, like that was part of it for me. I was like, wait, are you for real? Like, you're not even going to try to fit into these other movies? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has a bizarre campy, like, silliness unto, its, unto itself, you know, but it's not... I mean, the yeah. the lead character's a drunk. He's that constantly didn't even drinking. Prominently, no. He the in his first scene when he meets up with his ex wife, she's like, "Like you're going back to work as a doctor after drinking? Can you even do that?" And he's like, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> and his next scene after that, after he's been at the hospital, he's in a bar. Yeah, that's true. But that's where we see our clip of Halloween. He never appears inebriated. Right. Just clammy. He's a high-functioning alcoholic. (laughs) He's hungover all the time. The first thing he says when they get to the motel is, I need a drink. Yeah. The man's a drunk. (laughs) Yeah, but it's, again, it doesn't impact the plot too much. It does. It comes back to bite him in the ass. It kills his children. He calls his wife from the factory and he says, 
take the masks off of them and she goes are you drunk drunk. yeah and he's like no i haven't been drinking and she doesn't Mm. believe him it Mm. costs his children's lives all right touche then you can overhear her from the phone saying you're just jealous because you don't have a mask (laughs) that's what i very applicable to these covidish times yeah anyway let that be a lesson in the dangers of drinking and investigating crimes by evil irish warlocks i don't care what you say i will not stop (laughs) 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 it's my life dave get drunk and i investigate crime especially those committed by the irish (laughs) justin this is why we're here today please sit down (laughs) <laughs> this is an intervention we all care about you we all love you just why all I, of your friends are here just because i never solved any of them doesn't mean it's not worth it justin your crime solving is getting out of control as is your hatred of the irish <laughs> so i'll ironic, go first a drunk a drunk detective hating the irish <laughs> <laughs> how ironic <laughs> exactly it's because they Drink all of the alcohol I want to drink. <laughs> Save did... some for me. <laughs> My God, how did this commentary about a movie that has hatred for the Irish turn into just a straight up thing being hateful of the Irish? <laughs> We're being infected. No. Um, okay. So you asked Drew. And I'll tell you. This movie had a budget of $2.5 million. How much money do you think it made? Less than that. $10? (laughs) It made money. It made money. Less than that? (laughs) Yeah, did it make less than it cost to produce? (laughs) No, it it turned a profit. All right. Okay. All right. Two point. $5.5 $5.5 million <laughs> profit. It made, it made 20 bucks. Well, don't forget that people would have bought tickets the opening weekend thinking it was a real Halloween movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you get that you get that first weekend of suckers. <laughs> yeah, maybe it made like $6 million. Well, I'm about to blow you guys' minds. Uh-oh. It made fourteen point four million dollars. Oh my goodness! I'd love to I see know, a, ti- right? a timeline of the profits because I'm pretty sure it would be before the word got out. <laughs> yeah, it's like a huge spike on opening weekend, and then it's a it's a trickle, and then crickets. Mm. Except well, for today, because we be. we all rented it. <laughs> right. So, some and alarm is going off at of iTunes where it's like. Listeners. Someone has rented Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. <laughs> what? What? Suddenly, as of tomorrow, it's no longer all the way at the bottom of the Halloween search list. It's towards the top. Or we just, like, we find in our, our inbox tomorrow morning just, like, a refund from Apple just being, like, just assuming. Yeah. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. This may shock you guys, but it is considered rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Yeah, real shocker. It's got a 42% from critics and a 27% from the audience. Yeah. 
It's a real stinker. There's just one quote from a professional qu- critic I want to read here, which is uh, Vincent Canby from the New York Times. He uh, he hit on a few of the things that we've been talking about. His quote, Halloween 3 manages the not easy feat of being anti-children, anti-capitalism, anti-television, and anti-Irish all at the same time. <laughs> And frankly, to that, I say, is that so bad? (laughs) (laughs) Is it pro anything, do you think? It's pro anti capitalism. (laughs) It's pro pro anti children. (laughs) I mean, I can get behind an awful lot of those things. I mean, like you, Justin, I was pretty stoked when they killed that kid. I hate kids. Pro birth control. Drew. This is an extreme form of birth control, okay? Drew. <laughs> the breeder over here. Birth Out there having kids like a dick. <laughs> like a um, dick warlock. <laughs> <laughs> and children like some kind of dick warlock out there. <laughs> If, if in an in an alternate universe where I go into porn, that's going to be my uh, <laughs> we we shouldn't first film. We shouldn't make fun. That's so childish. Um, yes, it is. That's someone's actual name. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mr. Warlock, <laughs> Senor Warlock, Senor Warlock, Monsieur Warlock, Monsieur Warlock. Well, that's basically all I've got for Halloween's t- Halloween three seasons of which I did like hours of independent research on halloween one i did not care to do the same for halloween three not so, worth it yeah i don't i don't really have much more to say about it what do you guys have to say as we wrap up here for halloween three season of the witch man i mean this was a really fun podcast it was silly it was campy we uh, there was side splitting laughter throughout this occasion so uh you know, I have to say that it was fun times had. That said, this movie belongs in a trash receptacle, and uh, <laughs> it's terrible. So <laughs> I didn't need to see it. I mean, <laughs> well, Drew, I do have a question for you. Yes. Which movie did you like better? Oh, uh, the first Halloween. Okay. Yeah. Justin, um, Drew, I'm taking your response, by the way, to be a, a never and the better late or never question. Correctly interpreted. <laughs> okay. Justin, I'm going to ask you the same. And to clarify our parameters, uh, better late would mean that this movie filled some kind of critical uh, hole in your movie watching bodafides that you needed to fill, whereas uh, never means that your life would be fine if you went the rest of it never having seen Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. So you take your time in answering. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, you know, I I do love, like, bad movies. I love campy movies. Totes. I just think they have to go, like, far enough in a specific or precise direction. Like, I, like when, we, when we watched The Room, I left being like, oh, I got it. Like, I was excited to tell people to watch it who hadn't watched it, and if they had seen it, to talk to them about the things about it that are, like, so weird. This movie, 
unfortunately, I don't like, I don't think I'll even bring it up with people. I, <laughs> you know, like I don't even, I can't, right. I can't see myself like any other day than today being like, have you seen Halloween three? I assume no <laughs> one has seen it. I assume. And even if they did, they probably wouldn't really remember. Even though it was like very unpredictable and, and very bad in a way that was entertaining it didn't go far enough in like in that direction for it to feel important that I've watched it. So I do think it is also uh, a never for me. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to find it very hard to disagree with you guys. (laughs) I too, despite having known a lot about the film had also never seen this. So I got to vote too. And, um, for all the reasons enunciated already, it's going to have to be a never for me, dog. I uh, <laughs> did not need to see this movie. It uh, it ain't good. <laughs> that being said, I mean, it was it was a fun movie to watch and make fun of with you guys. Oh, yeah. I'm very happy that we had this day together. together. I felt like a nostalgic kind of, uh, you know... Emotion going into this like autumnal day. I feel like the mm. fall always makes me feel like this kind of nostalgia and it feels magical and kind of witchy. And uh, I don't know. I really felt happy to be to, to have shared this experience with you guys, but it could have been any other movie. <laughs> That's why I love this season. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I also had a very good time. So I'm glad you guys came along for the ride on me, with me on this. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times for sure. But that is our show for this week. Justin again, I am I am I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's let uh, you know, you've you've been talking about wanting to see some uh movies that are like in the LGBT canon. Yeah. So maybe I can I can decide on the next one that we watch. Okay, together. yeah, yeah, you pick the movie next time. Well, right. I'll, I'll I'll let you get out of this uh this garbage heap I keep throwing you on. All right. You can pick the movie that we watch next time. Um so we'll figure that out. But um yeah, so for all of you guys out there listening, uh if you'd like to get in touch with us, please email betterlatethanneverpod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at betterlate underscore pod. Please do all those other things like like, subscribe, leave a review, leave a five-star review, comment, all that stuff that people tell you to do on other podcasts. Just do that. Do that for us. Engagement's good. It helps. Or at least that's what I'm told. So yeah, do that. And of course, tune in next time. We'll have some equally good film or piece of content to discuss or hopefully better. And tune in next time. Drew, Justin, it was great having you. Awesome to be here. Yeah, great to be here and great to see you guys. And for everyone out there, have a happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh.